0: Hello Full Metal Analyst listeners, I'm Shelby, co-host of a new podcast called Condensed Truth. We're watching and discussing the best episodes of The X-Files for new viewers and for re-watchers. If you take the conspiracy and shadowy government of Full Metal Alchemist, turn it up to 11 and replace Alchemy with Aliens, you essentially have The X-Files. Enjoy this episode of Full Metal Analyst, then we hope you all tune in with us at Condensed Truth on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts, as we revisit the X-Files.
1: Your name is kind of like you are a state alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you would have some kind of electricity as your thing, you know, you'd be Royce Shockley.
0: Do you have a type of alchemy you would like to do? Probably alchemy history. Kill myself
2: and kill others. That would be excellent. Oh, right,
1: others, of course, others, yes. Because
2: it's paid for that, so.
0: Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Just like Dr. Knox. Shit. my gosh, it's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where three writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And our guest today is a comedian, writer, and performer. He's the creator and host of The Color Collective, a comedy variety show featuring people of all ethnicities in stand-up, music, sketch comedy, and dance. Please welcome to the show, Roy Shockley. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Yay! Happy to be here. Yay! Thanks for coming for the show. And we're going to start off by asking you the question we always ask a brand new guest, which is how did you find out about Full Metal Alchemist?
2: My roommate put me onto it. I saw him watching a couple episodes and I was like, oh, if this looks interesting. You know, what is it? It's like, oh, here, no, we can start from the beginning. And we just binged the whole thing one summer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what year this was?
2: Three years ago. The before time. I think I've rewatched the season. I think twice. Yeah, I've seen it total of three times.
0: You know it very well,
1: then.
2: You would say fairly decently. Yeah, I mean, because it's kind of like a like a once a year thing. So like each time re- you rewatch, like you kind of pick up a little something new that maybe that you missed before, or like when you know what happens at the end, seeing how those characters kind of evolve, where it's like, oh, it was right there the whole time, but
0: mm-hmm. you know.
2: Just once you know, like, you can kind of follow their motivations a little bit better.
0: Before I get things started, let's just take a closer look at this episode, The Ishvalan War of Extermination. It was directed by Kiyomitsu Satu, who directed Advance of the Fool and a few more episodes after this. And the writer is Mishihiro Tsuhiya. We already talked about them. They wrote Reunion, Girl on the Battlefield, and more. So that's our look into the episode itself. Now let's recap what happened in it through our improvised 21-second recap. This is the moment in the podcast where one of us will do a 21-second improvised recap, and that person will be decided by the roll of a dice. If he lands on one, it's me. If he lands on two, it's Arthur. If he lands on three, it's Mike. If he lands on four, it's our guest voice. So let's roll the dice.
3: No whammies. No whammies. No whammies.
0: (laughs) One. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes.
3: Begin in three, two, one.
0: So, Ed finishes hearing the story, and he tells it to Al, and then Roy realizes that all his friends are gone, but then he goes to contact this woman called Madame Christmas, and then Kimberly gets pr- taken out of prison because Envy wants him to find Marco, and at the same time, Marco gets his face screwed up by Scar, and they're go- all going to the north.
3: Like, you had, like, three extra seconds. Woo! <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Nice.
3: I just said, and, because you were done, and I wanted to say, and.
1: That's it. Did I miss anything? Nope. No. No. Well, you missed the whole panda thing.
0: Oh, right. That they
1: had to find Xiaomei and the only way to find. But we'll we'll cover that later in Panda Talk.
0: Okay.
3: (laughs) Well, I don't know. Do you want to just get right out of the way?
1: Yeah, let's just get Panda Talk. All right, guys. It's time for Panda Talk. All right. What do you got to say, Mike? Did a lot of thinking about the brothers and their different depictions of the panda. And it made me kind of think that Ed would be on Michelle's team. He
0: would hate the panda.
1: Yeah, and Al would be on our team because it seems like Al kind of likes the panda. Rice, yeah. where do you fall on the panda divide?
3: <laughs> it seems like the panda is actually pretty integral to the plot here. Surprisingly, it's mm-hmm. the panda is the only clue to finding uh, a little uh, the, people mes- the little girl from the little girl from a mistress who could use alchemy, even though
1: everyone else couldn't. The little mm-hmm. girl from Shing. Oh yeah, from Shing. Nobody remembers her. But I want to know. I'm very curious, Rice. Where do you fall on the panda? I kind of have a love hate relationship with the
2: panda because mm-hmm. half the time, like in episodes, uh, I'm looking like. Wait, what the fuck is that? Then realize, okay. (laughs) The panda just mimics everything that May does.
1: It mirrors her
3: every action, yeah. I just have questions. All right, this has been Panda Talk. Thank you,
2: This has been
1: another great segment of Panda Talk. Everyone,
0: Panda Talk! So a large part of this episode was dedicated towards Mustang's team saying goodbye to each other, which the episode framed as this very, like, emotional moment, you know, Roy has that scene where he's looking at the chess pieces and he's going, I've lost this, I've lost that. And I think there's no better description of the actual effect the scene had than the moment Mike turned to me because I watched it with him. And he said, who's that? And he pointed at (laughs) one of the characters. Because we see these characters, all of them except Havoc, we've seen them what like two maybe three times at most over the past 30 episodes
1: maybe if there was like an episode where we got to see them all having a beach party or something do you think the pawn guy kind of resents that he's the guy who was eating a sandwich
3: wasn't it he thinks he's the queen he's the radio guy the sandwich guy is the rook i don't know how i remember this
1: (laughs) we don't even know their names (laughs) yeah we're calling them the sandwich guy you know To be fair, who doesn't relate their friends to chess pieces?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Even though I've seen this multiple times, like, uh, yeah, I knew Havoc, the dude with the glasses, with the radio. You could tell me his name was Peter Pan, and I'd believe it. I don't. I can't. (laughs) So I kind of agree with the earlier point whereas like, you know, I know there was supposed to be kind of like more of like emotional impact there, but I didn't really feel it because other than, you know, Havoc and Reason, I just didn't remember like a lot of time that you had spent with these people.
3: Ironically, I think they get more developed later. Yeah.
1: Maybe they're just trying to introduce us now, I guess, or something.
3: I think if we were reading the manga, we'd know these characters a lot better too.
0: This episode was a little vague and a little unfocused. Really? I don't know if I would use the word vague. Maybe this is because I haven't had a regular sleep pattern for the last few days. This episode kind of made me sleepy. It just felt like it had no urgency, no tension. Like there was no thing happening that was driving the plot all the way up until when Kimberly comes out. But that's literally the last thing that happens. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I
3: thought this was a really solid one. I liked this one a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I, no. I think there's a, there a lot of different pieces. But, but
1: what, what I, was I, he... <laughs>
2: This is kind of like one of those uh, setup episodes, just moving from one part of the arc to the next. You know, all the things that happen, like with everything with Lanfear and May and uh, with Scar and everything else. It's all like leading to just the next part of the for a better phrase season. Best way to describe it, it's a transition episode. Um, you know, which is you know which is fine because uh, you, you know you do need those, and then especially when you have like. I mean, how long is this? What like 80 some episodes? They're just gonna be episodes like this where you're just kind of trotting along, leading to the to the next thing, and you know, it's more it's like character development thing. Cause the one thing that Full Metal is great at is that every single character, no matter how small, is like a fully developed character. Like you mm-hmm. you know more about them been and you know about some main characters or even you know or supporting characters in bigger shows you know I agree right. with
1: that and I think you see that especially with the doctor in this episode yeah Dr.
3: Where... Knox grumpy but he's got a
1: heart of gold yeah, I thought something horrible was gonna happen to it. Yeah, yeah. I
0: thought that scene was like, something bad's about to happen. I was so like, stressed they're gonna out. blow up. I mean,
3: but you're supposed to be. And I think just because nothing does doesn't mean that you should. No no, 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 no. I'm not that. saying
0: it's bad. I'm just saying I was literally like, oh, no, it's because like, something...
3: I, I get that feeling. Like, the kind of year that we all, but also me, have had is when things are going okay. At any one moment, you're like suspicious after you've been kind of repeatedly traumatized by the stuff you've seen. So, like the fact that he has one pleasant moment, he's like, "Please, just this let me have this, this one moment."
1: I was like, "He's not gonna get it. Something horrible's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna turn into a chimera." <laughs> mm-hmm. But beyond that, I feel like that's the only real character development that happens in this episode. Mm. Everything else is just. We're checking in. Maybe, Maybe so, so, but... Foo and Lan Yeah, I mean, like, oh, I'm disappointed in you for losing your arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's kind of... That was
0: pretty harsh.
1: What a hard ass. Right? And then he cries yeah. on her, into her sleeve, like, which I think like is... Like, come
0: on, Grandpa. A, a little rude. Well, Metal Alchemist really likes having these little moments of just, like, quietude and calm and just people going places and talking to each other. But I do think that something was missing from this episode, like a sense of urgency or, or not urgency, just something pushing it forward. They didn't you know? even
1: do the reveal that Dr. Marco is alive and that's cool. You know, it was more like, yeah, we know he's alive. Yeah, that the reveal <laughs> was a little lackluster. It's not even fooling anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what Well, is... I mean, they tried. That was brutal when he got his face destroyed. Yeah. Yes. he got to hide his look. Yeah. That's like hitting someone in the face with a hammer and being like, all right, let's go. <laughs> that, was still pro- that was still pretty like violent and shocking.
3: I
2: mean, at least when May was there to like you know fix it, but it's like that's well, that's one way to do plastic surgery,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Kimberly. Okay, the Ishval War happened a couple years back. Kimberly has been in prison since then. When Kimberly is freed, the warden says, "I don't know how you escaped the death sentence." And I guess my question is. Why, if they wanted to send him to death, why is he still alive? Maybe their court system is
2: like ours, <laughs> where people stay on throw <laughs> for decades. I mean, that honestly wouldn't surprise me with how things, you know, tend to go in this world. Right. <laughs> wait, no one else is questioning this? I mean, I know, you know, yeah, sure, there are orders and whatnot, but no one else is like, wait, so... He's just getting transported and let go, but there's like, who
3: signed off on this? Like, like, there's no check balances. <laughs> it could have come from the King Bradley himself. Mm-hmm. True. They have to listen to him. Well, why didn't he just escape if he has a philosopher's stone? Good question. <laughs> that that <laughs> he's patient. He's just
0: a yes. patient guy.
2: Not wanting to reveal himself.
0: He's
3: biding his time.
0: But he's a patient the... guy with the ability to swallow and spit things out. At a moment's notice.
3: Impressive, uh, impressive gullet control. Yeah. It's because he knows that if they wanted him dead, he would be dead. He already knows a little bit about the conspiracy that's controlling the country. And even though he killed a bunch of generals and he would normally have been sentenced to death, they kept him in jail, let him keep his philosopher's stone. So I think he could take that as a sign of they probably will have a use for me later.
0: But they didn't know he kept philosopher's stone because he says that the only people who know I have Philosopher's Stone are in this room and he kills them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, but... I'm sure it's clear in the manga.
2: <laughs> Never trust a dude that has like hair to look like roach antenna.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I can't, I keep thinking that true. too. It's so true.
3: And then Kimberly's doing some Joker shit to the warden, <laughs> like with the little time bomb watch. Oh,
1: yeah. mm-hmm. That was a total Joker moment. That was a great moment. (laughs) That was
3: pretty funny. I really wish he did more of that kind of stuff.
2: That was funny. I had forgotten about that. I was like, you know, I hope that just as he pulls off, you just in the background, you just see an explosion. (laughs) Like, oh, no. (laughs) no, 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 no."
1: Yeah. I I expected that. (laughs) That would have been so funny. Let's talk
3: about, I think, what we've been dancing around. And that's the Mm -hmm. title of the episode, The 520 Cents Promise. Mm -hmm. So Ed finds out about Roy's plan to become Fuhrer, and he says I will pay you back five bucks or whatever when you become pure and then I will borrow more money from you when you make this a democracy and then I will borrow more money from you. He didn't say he didn't say when he would return that. Yeah. yeah. Or
1: what he would use it for.
3: <laughs> I assume maybe maybe that's when Roy convicts himself or something.
0: <laughs> that's a very interesting way to hold somebody up to it. Oh if you don't do it, you'll never get these fifty-two cents back and then i'll never borrow more money from you it's symbolic it's symbolic they there are two guys who don't want to talk about it so they talk about it in other words ed's like the kid that you know somehow is an alchemist like you know mustang's a
2: grown man so it's that kind of dynamic where it's like two dudes that don't want to talk about their emotions but so Mm -hmm. this is how they do it uh with just a lot of like code
1: it could have been like a cop buddy movie dialogue about like you know i'll pay you the five bucks when you get back on the force (laughs) i do think it's funny al what are you gonna do when you get your body back He's like oh i'm gonna have one of winry's pies and what are you gonna do when you get your arm back and it's like i don't know like i'm gonna get one of winry's pies and stick my hand in it (laughs) like what do you i'll just have another hand it's not that big a deal
2: i'm sorry but the, the comedian me just like couldn't get past that like oh yeah i want to eat one of winry's pies I was like mm-hmm I know.
0: Oh, <laughs> mike literally did you know what here's your moment say the thing you told me about what ed was gonna do when he got his arm back Check off with my left hand <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah i mean you got to imagine the metal arm would pose some issues
1: you know he had to learn to do it the other way so yeah unless (laughs) unless he wants
3: another piece of automail he better be careful (laughs) he's just giving himself a stranger the whole time like (laughs) oh
1: god and that's gonna be an awkward conversation with winry for sure you know (laughs) and don't forget my dick winry
0: (laughs) oh my god
1: oh Oh no she forgot
3: his screw <laughs> Clank
0: I,
1: <laughs> This dick won't be as good for combat because I'm gonna make it rust less often.
0: <laughs> I swear, I swear, baby, it always goes up by just I'm missing a screw, I swear.
2: Could you could you imagine just like, you know, it wakes up, but the leaves like, wait a minute, something's missing. When where's my dick? Oh, I'm not gonna keep this for uh for safekeeping. I wanna make it
1: <laughs> That's not my what automobile. I thought missing a screw meant. <laughs>
3: Oh God! Speaking of horniness, uh, Madam Christmas.
1: Madam (laughs) Christmas. That's what the note says. It was twenty percent off at Madam Christmas's. Yeah, Madam (laughs) Christmas is Roy's
3: something. I'd like to ship her and Father Cornello, and that's my announcement. I ship her and Mustang.
1: That's you ship
3: Madam Christmas and Mustang.
1: Yeah, I feel like she when he was a young boy. Never mind.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. Stop, stop it! Mike said that he had a joke so dirty he didn't want to be said. No! When Roy passes that piece of paper, he told me... He was like, it's his butt stuff in it.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> Prove I said that. <laughs> I feel like maybe Madame Christmas raised... This is my prediction, that Roy was raised in a in house of ill repute. And he scrounged his way up to the top of the military, you know, from these humble beginnings. That's
0: mine. And now it's time for us to bring on the classical music. Welcome to First Take Theater, reading actual posts from people who watched the show as it aired. One thing that puzzles me, though, is why Edward is so keen on getting his limbs restored. I can understand if Alphonse wants his body back. Being trapped in a clunky suit of armor can't be very fun, since you can't experience any fleshly pleasures, and the size and weight must be very inconvenient at times. But Edward, on the other hand, got a perfectly working, superior auto male arm and leg. Why would you want to trade that away? I, for one, would not do that. Heck, if we had that good working artificial limbs. I cut my own arm off, <laughs> and that was first take theater proving that when it comes to hot takes, there's nothing like the thirst. I don't disagree with any of that. What? Really?
1: <laughs> you cut your arm off?
0: Well, I-, I You cut I, your I... arm off for an anime uh, I didn't.
1: All right, all right. I just think I get it. You know, I get it. I get the temptation because, like, imagine you can have this awesome arm, but oh, it's too, you have too many arms. Right. <laughs> you know. What? Well, I mean, why not? Why not just get a third one? Oh yeah. Actually, I didn't think about that. Like little chest arms.
2: It was like my left arm. Like I'm right-handed, but it was my left arm, and it's like, okay, you can get your arm back. I'm like, but I got this cool-ass metal one that I can upgrade, and I could automatically change this arm into whatever because of alchemy. No, nah, i I keep it. I wouldn't take that away. I mean, if you're living this long with it, you know, with another few decades. Like, the leg, eh, I mean, I figure I'm going to get older, going to need the hip replaced anyway. May as well, like, you're already halfway. there. <laughs> so if it ain't broke, just uh, make sure Winry's safe. You know, keep her mm-hmm. around and don't get your ass whooped by her every other week and you'll be all right.
3: <laughs> On that note, though, it does say something about Ed that he... He is more powerful with his automail, but he still wants to get his real arm and leg back.
0: You know yeah. why, right? No. Because he also wants a piece of Winry's apple pie, except his apple pie is much different. Bonk. <laughs> Michelle. I'm sorry.
1: This doesn't even sorry. make sense. What, is he going to put his leg all over her? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he has to level down his... Bring down his power level, because the power level's too high.
1: This, this whole segment has to be cut, and we just need to move <laughs> forward.
3: <laughs> I want to share something that I wrote down in my notes. I don't know what to do with it yet, but let's just see if you guys it can help me out. It just says the 520 cents promise, and then underneath that, it says the piss dragon promise.
0: Mm. Oh, right. Royce, you probably don't know about this, but a while back, Mike found this Dragon glass filled with a strange slightly brown liquid all sealed up on his sidewalk and he brought it in. A quick Google tells us it's probably
3: like brandy in a in a big glass shaped like a dragon.
0: We've made a pro it's all sealed,
1: but it could be someone went through a great deal of effort to put piss in a dragon and then then I don't know. We don't so know. when we finish full metal we're all gonna take a shot from
3: the piss dragon whatever is in there that is the piss dragon promise hmm. so it's brown right
1: well it's yellow it
3: <laughs> it's yeah it's like a it's a dark yellow
1: there's a reason that it's called the piss dragon let's just say <laughs> okay. that.
3: yeah that's I mean, what we think
1: we, fake. we found it in an alley
3: you know so no, it was
1: not fa- it was it was found in a place where you know I, I i am not using hyperbole when i say dead people have been found there <laughs> Oh, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, it is like not yeah. a good place where I found it. It is a dark place.
2: Is it separated at all? Like is it like in, like a suspension? Like is it, are, is there stuff like on the bottom and like Here. another <laughs> layer?
0: Let, let me send you a photo. Good let question photo. and
3: no. It is completely uniform. Oh,
2: that's liquor. I think that's liquor. That could be tequila. If it were urine, you know, because it would have uh, it would have separated. That's good oh. to know. And the like the water and basically like the the urea um, like all of the particles and whatnot, all the basically the trash that your body's putting out, it would have separated. You know, especially if you've had it any kind of time, like uh, especially if it's been like a, a few days. You know, um, you
1: know
3: a lot about this. Wow, <laughs> thank you. And and how do you know so much about uh,
1: the <laughs> behavior? Of chemical behavior. Yeah, for, of he, pee. He, he probably has like had to be in a treehouse for a really long time for like a protest or something, and he noticed. Why would you be in a tree
2: What? (laughs) You know, because then you would store your pee. I know for a couple of reasons. One, like, I tend to be one of those people that, like, I know a little about a lot. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Especially a lot of useless stuff. Also, I uh, teach chemistry to kids. So like oh. you know, don't know. wow, we should have asked you more chemistry questions. But yeah, and also um, there may or may not have been a a time where uh, Gatorade bottles were used for something other than Gatorade on a long car ride. It was <laughs>
1: <laughs> you took the piss right out of this? Oh,
2: <laughs> uh, poop. <laughs> at worst for something that you can't drink or shouldn't drink, dump it out and fill it with whiskey, <laughs> like. You know, yeah, like, right.
1: I, I mean, it's gorgeous, I, you know, definitely can't throw this bottle away. It's just too interesting, you know,
0: Mike. What? <laughs> now it's time for you to take the bat and talk about what's going to happen next in everyone's favorite segment. Mikey at the bat.
1: Actually, I think people like Panda talk a
0: little bit more, but OK. This is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in the next episode based only on the title and the thumbnail. Mike, please describe to us what happens in this thumbnail for the episode, The Fuhrer's Son. The Fuhrer is sitting in a chair,
1: and next to him is his wife. She's got her hands in her lap. She looks pretty placid, and his son is comfortably leaning against her chair, and it looks like he's watching a play or something. He's very. Everyone's very stately. You know, I don't know what's going on. I wonder if this episode is the uh, horrible episode that we've been dreading where... The Fuhrer's son will become of use to King Bradley in some way. He will use him to maybe... Maybe something to do with this pride homunculus that we haven't met yet. Maybe it'll have something to do with that. That's my theory. It's going to involve pride and maybe sacrificing the Fuhrer's son in some horrible way. And I also predict that in this episode, because they've been teasing it so long, we'll finally learn what the trick is with Alchemy that makes it different in Ishval, that sort of, you know, or, or alchemy history, you know? Oh, and well, maybe, yes, the, the, the Madam Christmas note, at least that'll become more clear, hopefully. I don't know.
0: Alright, now that Mike has made his prediction, it's time for us to grade the episode, giving it a score between 1 to 5 stars. I'll get things started by saying I'm giving this square in the middle 2.5. I know I said at the beginning that it lacked tension and urgency. But I don't think it was a bad episode because of that. It just made it feel a little bit more, you know, lackadaisical, a little slower. But other than that, it still had some great moments. I think the moment when Dr. Knox is one of the best of the show and kind of the show being like, this is why we are doing this, you know? The show taking a little victory lap and doing a cool moment for itself. I'm
3: going to give it a four because I thought it was very good. I thought it was a really good episode. It was a transitional one, but I think I was never bored. I enjoyed every little bit of it. I think the 520 cents promise was kind of a really important part of the show. And I thought the Dr. Marco bit was really horrible and, and cool. And the Kimberly bit was cool. There's a lot of bits and we're scattered across a lot of different characters right now, but I think it's setting the stage really well. And I'm really excited for what's about to come. And so grading this episode kind of on its own terms, I give it a four.
1: You know, I understand the need for transitional episodes, and I know that sometimes you need lulls, and you need downbeats, and you need aftermath, and and this episode had all that. But I don't think it was effectively executed as episodes in the past have done that. You know, there wasn't really that much character development going on, and I felt like there were a lot of missed opportunities for clever reversals. So I'm gonna give it a two stars. I think I'm gonna go ahead and give this one a
2: three, just because, like, yeah, you know, like you know, like we've all agreed, you know, yes, it's a you know transition. But there are a couple of typical things that happen, like with uh, with Marco's face. Like that definitely comes into play in future episodes. Um, The reveal with the, you know, with the five hundred twenty cents and you know Roy's plans for Fuhrer and all. Yeah, we're just like, okay, you know, it's cool. Let's move on to the next. It wasn't one of those where it's like, oh God, is this over yet? Like where like I just I'm just gonna fast forward or you know, it wasn't one of those. But yeah, I'll just say you know, middle of the road, like not.
0: Not great, not horrible. And if you don't want to get your face disfigured so you don't look like yourself, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at fmanalysts. That's twitter.com slash fm the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review. We love to see those. We'd also like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal analyst.tumblr.com But do be warned. There are spoilers there. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you'll receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash analysts. I'd like to thank our guest Royce Shockley for coming. Royce, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you here. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, So on
2: social media, um, all of my handles are just uh, at Royce Shockley r-o-y-c-e-s-h-o-c-k-l-e-y and uh you can follow my uh my show on the color collective uh you can follow us on instagram at color collective comedy
0: before you go we'd like to ask you to do your best full metal alchemist just like they do in the interstitials full metal alchemist thank you so much that's That's one of our best that'll be all for now we'll see you next time on full metal analysts until then stay frosty everyone Goodbye.
1: Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.